June 23rd, 2022. Yes. Second day of summer, Susie. How are you feeling about that? Hot. Hot, 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 hot. For all of you, I hope you steamy know hot. we're steamy hot. And the reason we're steamy hot is because not because of the weather, it's because we're steamy hot. No, just joking, KT. <laughs> That's true, too. Welcome, everybody, to the KT and Susie Anything. You can ask us anything podcast. And what are we going to talk about today, KT? Summer. <laughs> Are you into summer? Yeah, it's the second day of summer. You already said that. Do you want to say it again? Say no, it three times. I, this Let's is, make sure everybody knows. It's my favorite, favorite time of the year. And why is that? My birthday. It's hot. It's steamy. The water's beautiful. Everything's real. The days are long. I get lots of daylight. Everyone knows that I love daylight, a lot of daylight. So yesterday I was talking to Colo. We were taking a ride to the other end of the island in the morning. And I said to him that there's places up way up north, up by Norway and, and Alaska and, and northern Maine, where the daylight is super, super long. And there's some places where there is no evening. He said, what do you mean? There's no night? And I said, yeah, people have to pull shades down and make a room dark so they can go to sleep. There's the sun all the time. And was he just shocked at that? Yeah, he didn't know that. And oh. I, I told him, I said, that I'd, that's a place I'd like to visit. I never have to sleep. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get started. So I have, are, are you ready? I am, but let's just tell people a few things. Okay. Today, later today, June 23rd, this today. Later this morning. This morning, I'm going to be on Headline News, HLN. At the 10 a.m. hour East Coast time, so adjust that wherever you are. And then at 2 p.m. on CNBC, somewhere in that 2 p.m. hour today, I'll be on CNBC. I just thought you'd want to know. Did you know that, Katie? Yeah, I knew about CNBC. I didn't know about headline news. Yeah. Okay, good. Okay. Those will be fun to listen to and watch you. Yeah. Get to watch her. What should she, What are you going to wear? I don't have any clothes here. All my TV clothes are on, you know, in Florida. Yeah, she can't wear leather in the summer. Right. So <laughs> if you watch me, you'll notice I usually have on the same jacket that I got for $5 at the HSN store. An Iman jacket, right? An Iman jacket, $5. And I love it. So I wear it all the time. <laughs> all right. So look for that jacket. <laughs> so Susie, this email is not a question. It's a statement. And it's a statement based on a conversation I guess you've been having with Barb for quite some time. You know, there are, just so all of you know, when you send in your emails to asksusiepodcast at gmail.com, sometimes when I read people's emails, there's something about them that strikes me. It's not even always about money. It's about they've just lost a loved one. They're in divorce. They're in an abusive relationship. And then those are the types of emails that I sometimes respond to. And by the way, I just want to say, Joe Ann, who is Candace's mother, yes, the other day I spoke to Candace for an hour or two. And for everybody, Candace is somebody who wrote in and she lost her husband, Andrew, about four months ago to a skiing accident. Mm, she has three kids. She didn't really know what to do. She's still in total shock. So I wrote her back and I said, what's your phone number? 
And I called her and we had a wonderful conversation and hopefully she's going to take all of my suggestions. But she said, her mother's never going to believe that I've been talking to you. I said, well, have her listen to today's podcast and I'll tell her, Joanne, yes, Candace and I spoke and hopefully you'll believe that now. All right. Anyway, go on, KT. And hopefully Candace will be better. She Well, it will take her a while. Take a while, but That's she'll That's a big tragedy. Death is always a tragedy of a loved one. So Susie, this first email is really powerful and I want to share it with everyone. It starts with this. You know, and I know that it's time to say goodbye to him. Just that simple. You can and must do that. Then it said, these were the words to me four months ago, Susie. I needed to hear them, and they've been playing in my mind ever since. But I'm empathetic and loyal to a fault, so breaking someone's heart is the last thing I want to do. I had a hard time mustering up the courage, but I did it. (laughs) (laughs) And I wanted you to know, Susie, thank you so much for the tremendous impact you've made in my life throughout the decades. And thank you for this, Susie, this validation from someone I so respect to do the right thing. I'm sleeping better at night. I'm waking up without that knot in my gut. I feel as though I stepped off the train before it wrecked. Wishing you and KT all the best. There you go, Susie. That's from Barb. And congratulations. You listened to her advice and you did it. Yeah, Barb wrote me. And again, that's one of these emails that is like... Very long correspondence back and forth. And and Susie finally just bit the bullet and said, you've got to leave him. End of story. Yeah, it's like, bam. All right. right. Anyway. So I wanted to start the day with that. And hopefully, all those of you that need a little courage and mustering up, there you go. So next one is from... Wait, I just have to say something about that, right? Which is, recently, KT, I've gotten a lot of emails, emails from somebody that goes by the initials of A.T., Amber, and, mm. and many, many women who were in relationships, whether they were married and they wanted to get out, domestic abuse relationships that were horrific, and that, and it took a while, but so many of them have left their abuser, have left or never gotten into, thank God, a relationship that would have been not good for them. And they're all standing so strong today, coming from the most horrific situations you can imagine. And a year or two later, they're all writing thank you letters because they're all doing great. So if you happen to be in that situation, if you happen to be somebody who feels like they can't change, they have to stay because they don't know what to do, but it's not good for you, just know there is hope. If you're willing to take the action, you know you should take. All right, go on. Next email is, again, a a very simple answer for you, Susie. This is from Lenore. No. No? Ready? Yes. If, (laughs) If someone doesn't own a home and wants to do a trust, yours, of course, by just filling out the paperwork, printing it, and notarizing it, that's it? Or do they need to file the paperwork somewhere so it can be legal? No. 
<laughs> That's it. So here's what you need to do, know, everybody. If you happen to get the must-have documents, all you have to do in the must-have documents are a living revocable trust, a will, an advanced directive and durable power of attorney for health care, as well as a financial power of attorney, $2,500 worth of state-of-the-art documents, now for $99. You get them by going to suzyorman.com slash offer. Susie is S-U-Z-E, by the way. And again, totally legal in all the states. What all you have to know is no, you do not file a trust with a court or something like that. All you have to do is fund the trust, which means you transfer the titles of your home, your bank accounts, your stock brokerage accounts into the title of the trust. Directions are with this kit, so it's not a big deal on any level. The point of the matter is nothing needs to be filed with a court system. You do have to have the documents, however, notarized as well as witnessed, but all the instructions are right there with it. Right? There you go. Okay, that was an easy... Why when I say something that's right, you don't go ding, 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 ding? Because the whole podcast would be dinging in everyone's ear, ringing in everyone's ear. ring a ding a ding All right. Next one is from TJ. Wait, I want to say something about ringy dingy dingy. <laughs> do you have to? <laughs> I do. All right. So I was walking back here oh, to the God. studio, and I saw the big bell. Oh. That you've now put somewhere else. You've like put it away. Mm-hmm. And it well, may tell them what the bell You tell them. Right. So we have this big bell. I call it the dinner bell, but it's a big bell with a handle and you ring it like, you know, when your mom ding, would ding, call ding, you ding. for dinner. And I always put it by Susie's bedside because when she came out of the hospital, if she needed me, we don't have an intercom system throughout this island house. So I said, just ring the bell. Wherever I am, inside or out, I'll hear that bell. It's real loud. <laughs> so I decided she's doing great. She's on the mend. She's no longer in the repair shop. So I moved the bell. Yeah. And that was a big deal, right? And coming up, one, I just have to say one other thing. We're not going to answer questions today. We're just going to talk because <laughs> I feel like talking to you today because I haven't talked to you in a few days because I've been so busy. You've been so busy and all, which is... We are going salmon fishing. I am going for KT's 70th birthday to British Columbia. Love it. I've been scared to death to go. I don't know how exactly I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it. But want to know what I realized, KT? What? July 23rd is the day that we actually arrive at the fishing lodge in British Columbia. And that will be exactly two years to the date that I was in that operation. That big surgery. The big surgery. So we're going to celebrate. Yeah. So two years ago, I was in a surgery. Now, on that date, I'm going to be salmon fishing. And celebrating. Yeah. All right. So there you go. Okay. See? Everything heals. But Susie. now we decided the other night at dinner. I'm in the. I'm no longer in the what repair shop. Repair shop. Now <laughs> everything's fine. So KT doesn't have to worry about leaving the house or what am I doing? Because now I don't need to have her in my line of sight. And yeah. believe me, for two years, I didn't want her out of my line of sight 
because I worried so much. I worried about, you know, everything. Yeah. And now I'm not worrying anymore. I feel really great and confident and secure and positive that she is so on the men. She's going salmon fishing. Yeah. She's going to pull in a damn salmon too. That's right. There you go. And by the way, we're telling all of you all this stuff because of all the thousands of emails. Oh, because we don't want to answer emails today. We're just going to talk <laughs> That's to each right. other. But for all of you that have been wondering or concerned and you keep asking, that's the scoop, everybody. All okay, right. next one is from TJ. Love that name, TJ. Remember our pilot was TJ? He was crazy, yeah. man. Ready? My wife is a pastor and never paid into Social Security. I have paid into Social Security throughout my work life. Upon my death, can my wife receive my Social Security benefit? Also, can both my wife and I open Alliant Credit Union accounts? This is going to be your quizzy. Oh, you're oh. <laughs> well, first, let's answer the second part. Yes, you can both open Alliant Credit Union accounts. Now, let's talk about that for a second. All right. Everybody, the Alliant Credit Union is the sponsor of the Women and Money podcast. And approximately a year and a half ago, when they started a sponsor, we created something called the Ultimate Opportunity Savings Account. And this is an incredible account at Alliant Credit Union, where if you simply put in $100 a month every single month for 12 consecutive months, at the end of those 12 months, as long as you have $1,200 in there, they give you $100. What else, KT? They're paying them what? 1%. In interest right now on the money as well. It's That's insured. a big deal. It doesn't cost you anything. So yes, you can open up, this is for TJ, an Alliant Credit Union account, but the one that you want to open up is the Ultimate Opportunity Savings Account by going to where, KT? MyAlliant.com. And what should they do when they get there? Look for Susie. Yeah, and then you'll know <laughs> you'll you're see, at the right place. Yeah, you'll see Susie on the landing page. And it's it's and at the end of this podcast, by the way, you'll find and hear all the details. And um, it's easy. Just do it. But you're not now, out wait, of this I, one I yet. Didn't, I'm the not out of it. The first part is your quizzy. Yeah. It says, upon my death, can my wife receive my social security All of benefit? you. Wait, before you answer, KT, how would you, all of you answer that question? Does his wife qualify for his social security given that she has never worked? Yes or no, KT? Yes. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, there you go. And I'll, so now, can I ask you a question? Not until I finish saying Wait something to TJ. Just upon death, isn't she able to receive yes. some? Of, yeah. Yes. So, TJ, right, you don't that's have to what wait I, till you die. So, TJ, here's the thing your wife never paid into Social Security. But for many people, stay at home spouses that take care of the kids, for whatever reason, they didn't pay into Social Security, they still get to get half of your social security when you claim. And upon your death, they will take over 100% of your social security. So when you start to claim social security, as long as your spouse is a full social security age as well, then she will get 50% of your social security. So check out the rules, TJ, because that will be extra money for you guys while you're alive and even more money for her in terms of what she was getting on her own 
when you die because she'll get yours. So Susie, next question is from Erin. And this is really for everyone listening because it's something that we need to all know. My widower father will be having heart surgery very soon. We are hoping for the best, but realistically, I need to be prepared for the worst. Currently, I am the designated beneficiary of his Roth IRA, which was converted from a traditional less than five years ago. Because it doesn't meet the five-year rule, is it better to change the beneficiary to my school-age daughter for tax reasons? I hate to think these thoughts, but I am the successor trustee and want to do what's right for everyone. Thanks so much for all your advice over the years. Should that be your quizzy? I don't know at all what happens if you say, if you give it to a minor. Yeah. So, Aaron, I, actually, I don't know if a minor can even inherit anything. All right. So, Aaron, here's what you need to get: your father dies. The Roth hasn't met the five-year rule. So what? You have ten years until you need to withdraw any or all of the money from that Roth IRA. Within these years, it will have met the five-year rule. So you don't have to worry about it. And then you'll just withdraw it as you want to, tax-free. You are not to change it to somebody else just because they're younger. It's not going to help. Just wait until it has met the five-year rule, and then you're fine. No big deal. So Susie, explain about the, I don't know about the 10 years. What did you mean by you have to wait? You don't have to wait 10 years. You, You inherit money. Mm. Okay. You have 10 years. The government gives you 10 years to withdraw all the money that's in that retirement account. You can take it out little by little. You can take it out all at once. But by the 10th year, you have got to have withdrawn all of the money. What if you don't? What happens? Then there's a penalty for you. Next question, Susie, is from Derek. Hi, Susie. My name is Derek. (laughs) I like that he said that. A CD I opened five years ago recently met maturity with a balance of $41,000. I now have the entire balance in the Susie Orman Ultimate Savings Account with Alliant Credit Union. With higher interest rates, the savings interest rates also continue to climb. I was thinking about taking $35,000 and splitting the amount among multiple CDs to earn additional money. Yeah, because Alliant does have great CD rates. Yeah. Uh-huh. However, with the way everything in the economy is going, I wonder if I should just keep it exactly where it is so in case of an emergency, I can access the full amount. What do you recommend, Susie? Keep it where it is, Derek. <laughs> Ingrid writes in, hi, Susie, my credit score declined significantly because of going through an ugly hospitalization, leaving a negative toll on my credit score, which used to be 750. I am now at 698. Is it possible to raise my credit score? And if so, what can I do to improve and raise the score. Yeah, the best. Ingrid is, I just want to tell everyone, Ingrid Ingrid is very obsessed about her score. She wants it to be an 850. Good luck. See, I was going to say good luck as well, but but tell her. I checked mine yesterday, by the way, everybody. What is it? It was only 780. 
Really? <laughs> Is that right? Yeah, because we don't put anything on our credit cards. Well, that's not true. We, we do. charge a lot on credit cards. But we don't have but any we, balance. we balances and carry them. And the reason that I believe that my credit score was only 780 versus like in the 800s is because when you check a score, I checked it yesterday and they're looking at what my balance is currently on my cards. And right now the balance is huge, KT, because mm-hmm. we paid a lot of things with it and blah, blah, blah. And so my debt to credit limit ratio is very high. So my score went down. And your debt to credit limit ratio is how much do you owe on your credit card compared to what is the credit limit on your cards. And right now, mine is very high. I'd like, I wonder what mine is. We can check it. Yeah, I'd right? like to check But here's what I would tell you, Ingrid. The best way for you to get your credit score up there is to do what? Don't carry high balances or don't carry balances at all on your credit cards. Keep using them, paying them off every single month in full. And over time, your score will go up, but it does take time. And the other thing, Ingrid, is you have to make sure that you are never, ever late on a payment, all right? So keep your balances down. Make sure that you pay everything on time. And possibly if you want to increase your FICO score, call the credit card companies and ask them to increase your credit limit. That could possibly help if you do carry a credit on your credit cards. All right. So next one's from Catherine. Hi, Susie and KT. How do we estimate our budget for a new house? We will be first-time homeowners and have money put aside, but do not know how to calculate the price of the house we can afford. Oh, this is a great question because I love your your little model. Is there a simple way to do this? Thank you so much for all your help. So Catherine needs to know that little model you always it's give called, them, called Play House. house. Right, so here's what I would tell you to do. Go first and look at a house that you need. Maybe not the house that you want, but the house that you need. Not above your means, but right there. And how much does that house cost? Then go and look at what will your mortgage payments be with 20% down on that house. Now, let's just say you did that and your mortgage payment would be $2,000 a month. Let's just say that's true, okay? And that happens to be the exact same amount that you're paying for rent, which is $2,000 a month. So in your head, you normally think, oh, I'm paying rent for $2,000, therefore I can afford a house or a mortgage payment that's $2,000. That's normally how people do it. But you can't do it that way because it costs a lot more to buy a house than to rent an apartment. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to add 40% to whatever your mortgage payment is going to be in your situation. So if it was $2,000, then you are to add $800 to that. That $800 is enough for maintenance, property tax, insurance, and little things that happen that need to be possibly replaced, okay? 
Then what I want you to do is I want you to play house. Because again, that $2,800 is most likely what it's going to cost you if your mortgage payment alone is $2,000, okay? I want you to pay your rent on time every single month like you're doing right now. Then I want you to take $800 and deposit it into a savings account. Hopefully it's the Alliant Credit Union savings account. But I want you to do that. And I want you to do that every single month for at least six months. That will show you, can you easily afford in this example, $2,800 a month for a home? If you're always on time with that $800, if you're finding that it's easy to deposit that extra $800, then you know you can afford $2,800 mortgage, and you know how much you can afford in this example. The good news is six months later, you're going to have a nice little sum of money. You're going to have $4,800 extra that you can do what with? Put towards closing, put towards moving. It's a great way to start saving money and pretending to buy a house before you do. So that's how you know. Also, don't worry, six months from now, I think houses will be a little cheaper than they are now, believe it or not. So I don't think you'll be missing out on anything. I think it will go down a bit. They're starting to stall right now. I'll talk about that on Sunday, KT, Mm. but houses are absolutely staying on the market when you used to be able to sell a house the day it went on the market with 20 bids overpriced. Now you have in places like Austin, which was the hottest housing market out there. Houses are now selling for under asking price after a month of sitting on the market. So yeah, things are slowing down. The next question, Susie, is from James. Dear Susie and KT, my wife and I have a running debate discussion, not a fight, regarding bonds. Mm -hmm. Ready? She feels that bonds are an important part of a diversified portfolio. While I'm in agreement about diversification, I just don't like bonds. While the income is good, there is no growth. It is a loan. I would like to move our bonds into stocks and or an index fund like Noble. We are 61 and 63. What do you think, Susie? How wrong am I, Jim? I loved his ending. How wrong am I? Guess what, KT? He's right. This is going to be your quizzy, your final quizzy. Oh, no. Yes, because we're running out of time. All right. So, should I? All right. Oh, boy. So, let me take over now. Wait a minute. It just says bonds. Let me take over now. So, everybody, the final quizzy of the Ask KT and Susie Anything podcast for all of you to try to answer, is it a good idea to have bonds? You all know how I feel about interest rates. And when interest rates go up, the value of bonds go down. Is it a good idea to have bonds be part of a portfolio, especially for somebody who is 61 and 63, or should they, rather than being in bonds at all, take advantage of how low the stock market is and will probably go a lot lower and invest in dividend-paying stocks and things like that? Which should they do, Ms. Travis? It's you. What would you do? 
Well, the bonds are a little more secure than the stock market. So I don't know. Maybe go with the bonds. Ding, 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 ding. Here's the answer, everybody. It is true. I don't like bond funds. Mm -hmm. I never have. I never will. But I have to suggest them at times. I have to tell people in books and things like that to buy them because a lot of times people don't have enough money to buy an individual bond or whatever it may be. But I don't like bond funds, period. Especially during a time when interest rates are going up. When interest rates go up, the price of bonds go down. When interest rates go down, the price of bonds go up. Recently, bond funds, as well as bonds, individual bonds, have been obliterated. They're down 10 or 15%. The reason that I don't like bond funds is that bond funds do not have a maturity date. Uh-huh. And in podcasts past, I explain all about why I don't like bond funds. However, I don't mind individual bonds on any level. KT, the majority of our money is invested in individual, mu- individual municipal yeah. bonds. Yeah, she always buys munis. Right, but... I stopped buying munis a while ago because interest rates were so low. There really weren't good ones out there. But years and years ago, KT, starting actually in 2007, 2000, right in there, we came out of the market and totally before everything crashed and we took the money and invested all of it, 90% in municipal bonds. Yeah, I remember. I remember that. Right. And everybody criticized me. So, and we're still heavily invested in municipal bonds. But as I explained to everybody a little bit ago, we're interested in preservation of our money. And at 61 and 63, the, they so should at be 61 and well. 63, you need some part of your portfolio that is giving you a good interest rate, which you can get right now in treasury notes. And possibly as interest rates go up here, maybe you buy a 30-year treasury bond because then when interest rates go down, not only have you locked in a good interest rate, but the value of that bond will go up. So I do not think you should totally come out of individual bonds if that's what you're in to go into the stock market. If you think right here that the market is at its bottom, and it is not going to go down anymore, I have a bridge to sell you. It is very possible that the markets will go up yesterday, today, da-da-da. It'll go up maybe for a week or two. And then I think it's going to turn around and go right back down. And I think you'll see the lows in September of this year. So dollar cost averaging, again, I'll talk about this on Sunday, but James, what I would tell you is you cannot like bond funds, but you should like bonds. There is nothing wrong with individual bonds for money that you want to preserve. As I told everybody a little bit ago, I've been buying two-year treasury notes, treasury bills. I've been putting money that I want relatively liquid so that when the market does go down to the level that I think it will go down, then I have money that I'll put back into the market. But no, I agree with your wife here. 
just so you know. There you go, Jim. She it, did it. <laughs> oh, now he's Jim. You're no, on. He signs it, Jim. Oh, I see. Okay. So, KT, you know what else we have going? What's that? On June 30th, and that's coming up, I'm giving a webinar with. Oh, yeah. Don't miss this, right, everybody. Alliant Credit Union. The CEO, Dennis. Dennis, and I will be answering questions. And to register for the webinar, it is free. You would just go to mymyalliant.com. So myalliant.com, the same place you would go when you're opening up the Ultimate Opportunity Savings Account. But now all you have to do is put a slash webinar on that. So myalliant.com slash webinar, and you can register. It will be at 1 p.m. Central Time, 2 p.m. East Coast Time, adjusted to whatever time zones you're in, and see what happens. It will be one hour, and again, that is on June 30th. What are you looking? No, I'm just happy because I love when you and Dennis talk to each other. It's a very inspiring, educational, and motivational talk. So listen to this, everyone. Yeah. And I think they, they're sending in their questions. Yeah, you can yeah, send in yeah, questions send in and things questions. like that. And so register now and let's see what happens. All right. Until Sunday. What do you want to tell everybody, KT? Have a great summer day. <laughs> you and this damn summer thing. I love it. Summertime and the living is easy. Is it? Fish are jumping. There we go, everybody. Until next Sunday. Right, we only want you to be what? Safe, strong, and summer secure. Summer secure. <laughs> See you then, everybody. Bye bye. bye, bye. We can't give up. And no matter what the world throws at us, we will rise above and live a life we love. If we just believe, it will set us free. We will rise above and live a life we love. Neither Susie Orman Media nor Susie Orman is acting as a certified financial planner, advisor, a certified financial analyst, an economist, CPA, accountant, or lawyer. Neither Susie Orman Media nor Susie Orman make any recommendations as to any specific securities or investments. All content contained in this podcast is for informational and general purposes only and does not constitute financial accounting or legal advice. You should consult your own tax, legal, and financial advisors regarding your particular situation. Neither Susie Orman Media nor Susie Orman accepts any responsibility for any losses which may arise from accessing or reliance on information in this podcast. And to the fullest extent permitted by law, we exclude all liability for loss, damages, direct or indirect, arising from the use of this information. The must-have documents discussed in this podcast are legal documents created by a lawyer and distributed by Hay House.